And if men come unto me, I will show unto them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble. And my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then will I make weak things become strong unto them. Aloha, welcome to LDS Real People Real Lives podcast. This is Stephanie Colvin and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And if you're new, welcome. I have decided to talk a little bit about what's been going on in my life this week and the challenges and how I've seen God's miraculous hand in our lives and the blessings. Also to share how I was prompted through family members to pray to receive guidance on how to take care of my sweet father-in-law who continues to endure his life here trapped in a body that is no longer able to work for him to do anything to move eat drink walk or anything at all and I wanted to share this because I think as I look around myself there's so many people that are struggling in so many different ways and my greatest hope is that the spirit can speak to your heart and mind and how maybe listening to my testimony and by sharing my faith and my experiences, how it can bless your life and the Spirit can prompt you and what you need to do or, or say or feel or act on. So thanks again for tuning in. We always appreciate hearing from the audience. You guys are just wonderfully fantastic, so sweet and touching. Thank you so much for your support. My biggest challenge this week has been probably having to put my father-in-law in in hospice. His body has failed him. Physical therapy hasn't worked. He continues to decline, and yet his mind is sharp. And cognitively, he's very aware. He does not have dementia or Alzheimer's. He has moments where he experiences confusion because of insomnia. Um, But he lives 24-7 in a body that he feels is a prison to him. In a room where he lays as he's taken care of. But he stares at the ceiling or the wall. He just can't stomach to watch TV anymore. He's been there for three years. How much TV can one person watch? Um, he refuses to do audiobooks for a while. He was on YouTube and watching uh, videos on YouTube, and he loves to listen to um, classical music. And there's plenty of videos and uh, music on YouTube that brought him joy that he no longer wants to listen to. Seeing him lay there, somebody who was so strong throughout life, he ran multiple times a week. He came from a family that was very sports-oriented and very successful in their own right. When it came to sports and their sports careers as they graduated from high school and then moved on from college, 
He had always been the leader and the rock for that family. And now here I am in a place of taking care of him. While his son mourns the loss of his mom who had an aneurysm burst in her brain and the frontal portion of her brain when he was 22. She lived for 15 years um, being very well taken care of but she was very childlike. And then a sister who was diagnosed with cancer that died within a matter of months. And now this is happening to his dad. So needless to say, my husband, who is very faithful and loves, loves the Lord. He loves this gospel. He believes in Joseph Smith as a prophet of God and that he was foreordained to restore the church of Jesus Christ here on earth to bring about the last gathering of Israel. And he's struggling. He doesn't understand. This last year, we've gone through a lot with COVID, the pandemic, the shutdowns, the masks, the, you know, the vaccines, everybody having different opinions. We seem to be split in this country, uh, 50-50, pretty close to it. Um, between those who feel, you know, you need to be vaccinated and it should be mandatory and those who are saying, no, I have a right to decide what goes into my body. Um, looking at the science and there seems to be different results from different science. It just depends on who you're following and who uh, you embrace and trust. And we know that in the latter days, things were going to become very confusing very confusing where right would be wrong and wrong would be right the world teaches things that are contrary to Christ and his doctrine his gospel that would bring us it seems sometimes joy but in my life I find that what the world has to offer is fleeting and it's not long lasting and more often than not, the consequences are not something that is fun to endure. And uh, I know that we need to be very careful. We are here to learn and to prove ourselves. And um, we are going to go through opposition. We are going to have experiences. But be careful that you're not giving yourself more than you can bear in these experiences and trials because you're making poor decisions. And that's something that I've learned from my life. And it even says that in my patriarchal blessing that I've had trials placed before me because of the agency of others. I've had trials placed before me because my Heavenly Father knew what trials I needed in order to learn and grow and to be stretched, to become like Him and Heavenly Mother and my Savior. But then trials of all also been placed before me because of my decisions and so we have to be very careful about that so looping back to my father-in-law he's decided not to eat not to drink um he had been up for eight or nine days straight with very little sleep and the caregiver, who's also the administrator for the home, 
called me and explained to me that uh, he was in full code, so he had to send him to the hospital. My father-in-law hates to leave this house. He does not like having to go to the hospital. And then in order for him to go home, he has to get a COVID test, wait on that, and it has to be negative for him to return. And so just through research and my prior experience in taking care of um, elderly people in my own family, I knew that hospice or palliative care was the way to go so that he could call his own shots if he didn't want to eat, he didn't have to eat. Um, but that he could also have access to medication that he normally could not have access to, to help with his pain, to help with his inability to sleep. And when I found out that all of this was going on, my natural reaction was your emotions can overtake you. And my emotions were overtaking me and it was really hard for me to settle myself so I could decide what to do. And thankfully I have good family and good people around me to remind me where to find answers and who to go to instead of leaning on my own understanding. And it was through this conversation with my parents that they reminded me to hit my knees to get further light and guidance. See, oftentimes with me, I can forget to say prayers and look for guidance when I'm so emotionally uh, attached and just really... Because I was shocked that this was going on with him. I didn't realize that... uh, He hadn't been eating and that this was a choice for him. I know and in my experience that as you go through the dying process and it can be very, very slow, um, there comes a time where they just want to make the choice themselves, whether to live or die. Even though I understood this, to know that my father-in-law, who I love and respect in so many different ways, he has been so good to me so good to me it was shocking to hear that he has chosen not to eat and that he hadn't been able to sleep and that there was no output whatsoever and um i was just so caught up in my emotions at that time i didn't have the ability to really use my common sense and experience and to hear the spirit because my emotions were so loud They were louder than the spirit. And uh, I'm grateful for the reminder to pray. And so that's what I did as I hit my knees and I prayed and asked Heavenly Father for guidance and help. And when I got done with that prayer, it instantly came to me what needed to be done. And uh, I asked his caregiver to please keep him in the house. And then I would call his primary care physician the next morning. Now, this doctor has been difficult. He's been difficult in the sense that he's wanted all communication to go through the caregiver. Um, In a sense that he didn't want to be bothered with me. And that's been very difficult for me because I like to go straight to the source and understand things because this is my loved one. It's my responsibility. I'm his advocate. I have his power of attorney. This is my job. 
So I was ready in the morning to make this phone call and I was ex really expecting him to push back on me and to make things difficult. And when I called him and I, you know, said, doctor, this is what's going on with my father-in-law and this is what I would like to do. And these are the reasons why. And he actually gave me that time to say it. And when I was done, he said, Stephanie, I understand. He says, we need to get John help. Let's get a nurse out there to evaluate him for palliative care and see how we can help him. That day, within a matter of hours, I was traveling to, because he lives an hour away at this board and care home, I was traveling to see my father-in-law meet with the um, hospice nurse to do the evaluation. And um, we walked in, and it was not a good reception once he found out what I did. Um, he felt like he didn't need to be on hospice. He didn't want any help. He didn't want anybody making a fuss out of, you know, over his situation and what was going on. And I was shocked because he had been asking for the last three years to be put on hospice so that he could have access to medications for his pain and also for his insomnia problem. Um, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's while he was in this home as well. Uh, but what I realized too, is that when you put your loved one on hospice or palliative care that they have the right to dictate how they want to live whereas without that it is up to the caregiver and the administrator of the board and care home to make sure that they are living as well as they can and if there's something that's going south as far as their health they have to be sent to the hospital so there were two things that had to happen. Number one, I had to release the caregiver of liability in case something happened because John was refusing to eat. And number two, had to give John the power and authority to decide whether or not he wanted to eat that day. He has no appetite. He's not moving. He's not doing anything. So he eats very little. And um, John could not understand that in the state that he was in, given the amount of days that he had been awake. And so it was a difficult conversation and uh, it was heart wrenching. Um, we were able to finally get all the paperwork done and get everything signed off. And John ended up agreeing to the situation and what we were doing and understanding. I think the understanding was the biggest portion that needed to happen with him. Um, and he came to terms with it. The nurse explained to me that uh, patients may want hospice care, but when it actually happens and they're getting the evaluation and we're signing paperwork, um, there can be some adverse uh, responses and reactions to it from the patient as it really hits home what's going on with them and their body and their life and where they're at in terms of their mortality. And... Uh, once everything was said and done, I went back in the room to see my father-in-law and um, I realized at that point that he did not understand what we were doing and how it was going to benefit him and that he was scared. He was scared. And this is where the gospel comes in. This is a faithful man who believes in Christ. He believes in the Father and the Holy Ghost as three separate beings and he's Baptist. Okay. Um, he believes in heaven and hell, but that's it. 
that's as far as this knowledge goes. That's as far as they teach. And you know, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have a wealth of information about the afterlife. Even though we attempt and try to share that with him, he just shuts us down. Because it's just the way he is. He just shuts us down. Um, He has a problem with the gospel because of Joseph Smith. He doesn't believe in Joseph Smith. And so for us to try to share things with him that will bring him comfort, it doesn't really bring him comfort because he doesn't believe. So we had to back off. And now what we do is we just use our faith and our common ground and our faith in Jesus Christ to help him find peace and comfort with his situation. So I wanted to share this because what I saw is the glory of God in this last week in a very frustrating, hard difficult, difficult, draining week. At the same time, I had my six-month-old grandson for a few days who was visiting. I had to take him to the board and care home with me and have him while all of this was going on. You know, my husband is goes flip-flops from being sad and accepting to angry and not understanding. So I'm managing that situation. I'm managing my own thoughts and feelings and my own Uh, lack of energy and I'm just extremely tired Um, and at the same time having to come to Fresno and tend to my own family my own parents and uh, my son and his family in the situation that he's in and trying to make sure that we have good quality time that we spend together because I hardly see him I hardly ever get to spend any time with him And needless to say, here we are Saturday at the end of the week, and I am so tired because the stuff is so draining. But this is life. This is part of the experience. Our life did not begin at birth. We are eternal beings who came from a loving Heavenly Mother and Heavenly Father. And we chose to come down here and to prove ourselves so that we can return and live in the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. And this journey was not meant to be easy because to become like father and mother in heaven, we had to go through opposition we have to experience the hard. And when I have these discussions with my husband, he says, but I don't understand how I'm supposed to do that. And all I can say is, you know, what works for me is not going to work for everybody. But when I know that I've done everything that I can and need to do what the gospel has afforded me, so prayer, scripture studying, journaling, meditation, pondering, um, going to the other resources. The church has so many resources. There's plenty of videos out there that I watch that may not even be on the topic of what I'm dealing with, but through the spiritual experience of the companionship of the Holy Ghost while I watch this video, um, it can bring about revelation and inspiration. Ideas can pop into my head. And uh, once I know that I've done all that I can do or need to do, at least for the moment, then I visualize myself just putting on a helmet 
and I take a football stance. I put my head down and uh, I charge forward like a bowling ball through pins. And that's how I endure. That's how I see myself enduring. Because the world will give you a bunch of pins, a bunch of pulling bins that you have to plow through. We can't see them as obstacles. We see them as trials that we hunker down and overcome in conjunction with our faith in Jesus Christ and believing and knowing that he's there and that he's with us. And recently, this last week, I saw something that was a great reminder. We give our best and Christ does the rest. So... I think the biggest message that I'd like to share for this week is that I see you. I see people on Instagram, on other social media platforms. I see the messages and the emails and the responses. And I see you. And I see so many lives that are hard and challenging and difficult. It can truly be faith-shaking. And I understand as much as I can understand through my own experiences and then through the Spirit of God that helps me to understand so that I can comfort those who are in need of comfort and mourn with those who are mourning. We've had a lot of death happen uh, in the last year with the pandemic and We've had a lot of things going on, and there's even death going on with the vaccines. I mean, it's just, this is this experience here on earth, and it can sap you of your light. It can take away your joy, and that's why we need to truly, truly focus the best we can with all of our conviction, determination, and discipline on the Savior, on the plan of salvation, and on the gospel, the doctrine, teachings, the commandments, everything that's going to bring us joy and hope and fill us with the ability to endure and know that we can endure it well as he's commanded. And it's okay to have these moments where you struggle. And you need to just feel the things that are going on. But please, please don't stay there. Pick yourself up. Remind yourself of your faith foundation and what you know. And do the things that are going to keep you hopeful, joyful, happy, um, content, serene, peaceful. And that's going to be daily prayer, morning and and evening at the very minimum, praying with your whole heart. That's going to be scripture studying, whether it be a verse, a chapter, 10 verses, whatever it may be. That's going to be journaling because as you write it out, you write your thoughts out. The Spirit's talking to you. Um, That's going to be serving, doing service to those around you. And uh, being there for people in your community, in your family, in your ward. There's no better way to pick yourself up than serving those around you. 
And that always gives us so much hope. And it just, the spirit has this amazing ability to settle us, to bring us peace and calm. And that's what we need in this world of turmoil, tempest, and tribulation.